fasten your seatbelt. I'm taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. As if. You're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. It is the 30-something movie podcast. I am your host, John Reed, and I have with me Patrick Canagallo and Bo Warmbold. Yo. Yo. Hey, hey. We are married white men getting ready to talk about single white female. <laughs> There's that's a the, joke there. I'm just not I sure was, I, I can land something. it. That's the, that's the best I could do. We're we're not all married together. It's Bo, whether or not you can land that joke, we'll just go straight to Last Crusade. Why, yes. Land no. Land, land. no. <laughs> no. Any landing you can walk away from. Mm-hmm. This time around it is single white female. We are we what are we? We are the thirty something movie podcast at thirty podcast.com. There's I'm blanking out on like our website. <laughs> We've only had this thing for years now. What, what name are we? Well, the problem is we did just get done recording our Patreon episode on uh, women in film. Mm-hmm. And that lasted maybe like three days. So mm-hmm. we're kind of we're kind of like we've talked a lot tonight. Mm-hmm. And there's yet more words to say. Oh, there are words. To words. Say. There, there are words to say. But we are the 30 podcast, 30 podcast.com. So that's where you can find all of our past episodes. You can rate the show, leave a voicemail. You could become a co executive producer via Patreon and support the show that way and get access to those bonus episodes that we previously mentioned. We do also want to issue a spoiler alert right here for the entire episode and let you know that we just talk freely. So we don't, t- we maybe try to like pause for a second before we spoil anything that might be spoilery but we are talking about movies that are 30 years old so too bad if yeah, we start talking prepared. about something recent i mean we'll, we'll try to be careful about not spoiling recent things but if right. we're talking about movies that are 30 plus years old then we're not going to worry too much about that all right no. i don't think we have a whole lot of not a whole lot of other news going on right now that is share worthy or anything like that so you guys think of anything, you feel free to throw it out there. Otherwise, I think we just jump right into talking about the movie. Mm-hmm. Sound good? Let's do it. Sounds good. Let's do it. Single White Female came out on 14th of August, 1992, rated R. Runtime of one hour, 47 minutes. Directed by Barbette Schroeder. Also produced by Barbette Schroeder. Did Barfly, Our Lady of the Assassins. Produced Kiss of Death and Desperate Measures. Writers for this one, John Lutz, did the novel. He died in 2021. Lutz also did The X. And Don Roos did the screenplay. Roos also did Happy Endings and several episodes of This Is Us, the TV series. Cinematography done by Luciano Tavoli, who did Murder by Numbers and The Passenger. Editor was Lee Percy, who did Salt and Snowden. Music was done by Howard Shore, who did the Lord of the Rings movies and The Aviator. Budget was $16 million. Box office was $84.1 million. Flick Metrics gives it a 61%. Cinema score gives it a B-. Bridget Fonda plays Allison Jones. She was in Point of No Return and Lake Placid. Jennifer Jason Leigh played Hedra Carlson. She was in Shortcuts and Dolores Claiborne. Stephen Weber played Sam Rawson. He was in the TV series Wings and Dracula, Dead and Loving It. Peter Friedman played Graham Knox. He was in Paycheck and Love and Other Drugs. Frances Bay, who died in 2011, played the elderly neighbor. She was in Blue Velvet and Happy Gilmore. Blue Velvet, one of Patrick's favorite movies that we've done so far. Good movie. Good movie. 
maybe not my cup of tea. Gonna uh-huh. be, I'm trying to trying to work on being a more open minded. That's fine. Person. That's fine. I can totally derail that and ask you a little bit of a spoiler for this movie, Pat. How do you feel about movies with twins? Yeah, I. I or, or, or let's narrow that down even further. Erotic thrillers about twins. Yeah, I. I yeah, are we fi- are we finding this 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 is not your subgenre? I, you know, I, I yeah. <laughs> I'm like the moment this thing started because I had never seen this movie before. The moment this started, I'm like, uh oh, it's another erotic thriller with twins. Pat is going to have a hard time with this one. I'm sorry, Pat. I almost texted you right away. I was like, Pat, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. <laughs> I just got It was my understanding that there would be no twins. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it was okay. It was fine. It is, it was it is entertaining. what it is. It is what it, it is. It was entertaining. Steven Tobolowski played Mitchell Meyerson. He was in Groundhog Day. Ned? Ned Ryerson? Ned Ryerson? Ned Ryerson? He was also, I believe, the, the chief of the guards in Spaceballs. Michelle Farr played Meyerson's assistant. She was in the TV series Profiler and the TV series L.A. Law. Tara Carcian played the Manish applicant. She was in The Morning Show and ER. Christiana Damore played the exotic applicant. The names of these are just kind of fun. She the was in... Manish. What? Oh, boy, that's, here's, here's our five-hour discussion. Well, yeah. <laughs> Why was she called the man? Like, Do you get what I'm saying? you see where oh, I'm I, going with that? Oh, I, I, I get, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I, the yeah, moment I, I, I saw that on, on IMDb, I'm like, is that really what was in the credits? And and I forgot okay. to look in the actual credits, but it might have been. Yeah, that. So that yeah. dates this movie right now. Yeah. I mean, you're you're going back to like all of the the jokes and tropes from Austin Powers being from the 1960s. Yeah. Yeah. He's a man, man. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm I'm I'm. Here's my thing. You know, we were talking about women in film, and I jumped on the bandwagon talking about stunt women. They, that's what they did and stuff. I mean, like, mm-hmm. like stunt women, even like recently, they're just like, no, we like, if it's a woman actress, have a woman stunt rider, fighter run, you know, do it. Yeah. But otherwise it was doing in a wig or whatever. And it's just like, oh man. Otherwise you get space balls. These uh, are not them. <laughs> These are stunt doubles. Idiots. You idiot. Christiana Damore played the exotic applicant. I mean, with a French name like that, you're going to be the exotic applicant. Um, She was in the Red Shoe Diaries and Baywatch Nights, which, (laughs) okay, (laughs) slight, slight tangent. Oh, my gosh. I I don't know if you're laughing for the same reason I'm laughing, but slight tangent here is I always thought it was a little bit funny that you have a TV show like Baywatch, and we know why Baywatch existed. We know exactly why Baywatch existed. Mm-hmm. And then you had to take it a step further, and let's have Baywatch Nights. <laughs> yeah, all right, whatever. A lot of lifeguarding happening on the beach during the dark hours. Everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. So... <laughs> And then we had Jessica Lundy played the talkative applicant. She was in The Stupids and a TV series called The Inspectors. And Renee Estevez played the perfect applicant. She was in Heathers and the TV series The West Wing. Having recently split from her fiancé, Sam Rawson, Allison Jones welcomes new roommate Hedra Carlson. The young women quickly form a bond, but Allison starts to rethink her engagement. Hedra grows jealous and hostile. As Allison learns new details about her roommate's life, Hedra gets violent in her efforts to get Sam out of the picture. With Hedra turning more menacing by the minute, Allison finally understands what she is up against. In this city, on this street, in this apartment. Hi, are you Allison Jones? I'm Hedra Carlson. Hedra, that's unusual. When can you move in? An ad for a roommate brought a stranger into Allison's life. Someone. Beautiful on you. Who shares. What's well, kind of fun having a girlfriend again? Someone. Do you guys know when you'll be back? Uh, no, it's kind of an anniversary tonight. Really? Who cares? Where the hell have you been? <gasps> Making me feel like I'm 16 years old here. Someone who borrows. I've got a surprise for you. You've got to be kidding. 
Fonda. I know you weren't yourself when you did this thing. Jennifer Jason Lee. I know. I was you. Single, white, female. Living with a roommate can be murder. Be careful, she's crazy. In a world right. where roommates kill. First question, is this the first time you've seen this movie? Yes. Yes. Okay. It was also the first time for me. Um, how did this movie, one word or a very short phrase, how did this movie make you feel? Disturbed. Mm-hmm. Ew. Ew. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with a short phrase and say, glad I don't have to worry about roommates anymore. Mm, yeah. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll get to yeah. our three questions later. There's one of the three questions is about roommates, and I had some not so great ones, but oh, <laughs> glad I don't okay. have to worry about that part anymore. I just want to go on the record to say it. I'm just getting stuck on the mannish applicant. So was <laughs> she mannish? Because why? And it just comes down to behavior we associate with a man. So boy, that that just that just really sets that sets this movie as a product of its times kind of thing. Now the theme could take place today, right? Like the story, the plot and everything like that. But just mm-hmm. the fact that that character was la- named the Manish applicant, it was like, mm-hmm. that's all I got to say about that. For this one, I'm actually going to start off by kind of comparing this to one that we just did. I'm going to compare this one a little bit to Basic Instinct. Because oh. both both erotic thriller type movies, you've got a little bit of a, I mean, this one's a little bit more of a kind of a stalker theme to it. And, there was just there was more very clearly a a very murdery part of Basic Instinct, but there was a lot of this movie that reminded me of Basic Instinct. So here I'm coming out of the gate. I'm going to say something positive about Single White Female, even though it was not a movie that wowed me in any sense of the word. It also was not a movie like at different times of Basic Instinct. I was like, huh, that's the route they're going. Whereas in this movie, for the most part in this movie, I was like, all right, I'm I'm watching. For the most part entertained. Like I'm I'm still following the story here. All right. But and that's that's where I'm gonna say something positive about this one. This one, at least as the story progressed, it made more sense to me. You know, it wasn't a complex story by any stretch of the imagination. But I was like, all right, well, I am enjoying this more than I enjoyed Basic Instinct. So at least I'll give it that. I think that's a fair assessment. So, I kind of felt the same way. Once I kind yeah. of realized, oh, okay, this is this is interesting. You know, yeah, I wouldn't want to only watch movies like this. But, I mean, this one was good. Right, right. So uh, we get going with the movie, and we start off with, well, one of the weird, kind of the way it started was a little weird, too. You get that kind of opening scene with the twins, and they're like mm-hmm. doing each other's hair and whatever, and and you kind of. If I was seeing this in the theater, I'd get past that scene, and I would be like, "What was that all about?" And it really kind of goes almost too far into the movie before you realize that some of this stems from her potentially killing her twin at age nine. And it was like, "Well, that's something that maybe should have shown up a little bit earlier." Because you yeah. do. I mean, there, there's a stretch of time where you don't really find that out until, what, two-thirds, three-quarters of the way through the movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. So that was kind of a strange way to begin it. But then we do jump kind of right into things, and we have Allie is with her fiancé, and this is why, I mean, obviously you, you want to be an honest person and, and not do stupid things like what her, what her fiancé did, but this, I'm assuming, is the argument for why it's good that we moved away from the answering machines that everyone in the house can overhear. 
Yeah, it's amazing what voicemail did for the secret, the game of secrets, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you can still harass people. Pick up the phone! Pick up the phone! You know, you can't do that anymore with yeah. voicemail. Well, you can. But, you can. You it's know. just not immediate. It's going to show up, like, it's going to be show up mispronounced in the uh, transcription part of the whole thing. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like, what, Hodor? What's Hodor? I don't know what that... Oh, pick up the phone. Okay, I misunderstood. Got it. I'm yes. there now. There you go. And just the way he responded to the whole thing. I mean, at that point, the deed is done, friends. When <laughs> when his ex-wife is like, you can't just come over and sleep with me. And then, Allie, could you turn that off in the other room, please? I mean, at that point, what are you... It, it's out there. Maybe just hang up and go run in and start profusely apologizing. It makes me rethink how much I enjoyed his character in Wings, even though I know they're not related. Right. <laughs> well, even in Wings, he was the slimier of the two. Well, yeah, that's true. There were... This guy was closer to his character from NCIS. That's true, yeah. There were a lot of slime balls in this movie. Yeah. So we have, as this goes on, then and she kicks him out, so she talks to her friend Graham, who is like, you know, she could move in with him, but no, why move in with a trusted friend when you can go find a stranger that'll then move in with you? Well, but she has an amazing rent-controlled apartment. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's the other thing. That used to be such a trope of movies back then, but the apartment's rent-controlled. Yeah. That doesn't come up much anymore. No. No. It's like the two things that were kind of a big deal, I feel like, in the 80s and 90s, not so much a big deal anymore. Rent-controlled apartments and quicksand. Oh, fair. I, I yeah. really, as I've said this before. Yes. As a kid, yes. I thought quicksand was going to be a much bigger problem as an adult than it turned out to be. Because <laughs> it's like every movie I watched as a kid, I was like, oh, quicksand, that thing. Like, never-ending story? Quicksand. quicksand. Like, I don't know. I think like, we had some in Jumanji. Quicksand? Yeah, quicksand and Jumanji. But, I mean, as a kid, I, I thought quicksand was going to be kind of a deal. Like, I thought that was going to be, you know, you had to avoid. Like, every beach had its area of quicksand exactly. kind of like deal. You, totally, you had, yes. You, you had to avoid bullies. You had to avoid, you know, drugs and alcohol. And you had to avoid quicksand. Like, as a kid, mm. I thought that was going to be, like, one of the big things and not so much. Well, it's because everything we saw on TV was true. Let's right. not forget. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. Just like everything I Google is true. Absolutely. Everything I Google. <laughs> I was going to say, what would kids growing up nowadays be scared of or think of this going to be a thing? <sighs> well, let's see. Slender Man is not really a thing anymore, is he? Yeah. No, 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 no. The ring had a like there was a moment where people thought that was a thing. Yeah. But that was still a while ago now. Well, and that, I think and I was, unfortunately, I, the... I was kind of a jerk when I watched the ring for the first time. I, I kind of knew what was coming when I watched it, and I watched it with a group of friends in college, and I somehow managed to hide my apartment phone, because that's when people still had landlines. I had a landline phone, and I had my cell phone with me as well, and I hid the phone somewhere near the couch where we were all sitting and watching this movie, and I made sure that just as the movie ended, I hit send on my cell phone, and it called my house mm-hmm. phone. Mm-hmm. And the person sitting on that end of the couch might have jumped it was like watching a cat leap up in the air and like hang on to the ceiling it was like oh! outstanding that's outstanding, outstanding and horrible was, all at the same time that was my i enjoyed the ring but that might have been my favorite thing about watching the ring yeah, yeah. that's yeah. good yeah i think unfortunately we got off easy today's fears are more internal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that that's that's the that's the problem well I'll t- when, when we're done recording i'll tell you what i think my kids will you know, if I was a kid, what I'd be afraid of. But we'll, we'll, we'll finish the recording. Let us let us progress with the recording. Only two things in the world I'm scared of. I'm scared of two things. What's that? Women and the police. <laughs> Women and the police. Only two things scare me. And one is nuclear war. What's the other? Excuse me? What's the other thing that scares you? Carnies. What? Circus folk. Nomads, you know, smell like cabbage. Small hands. 
Indeed. So we have, then we start to have as she's looking for, for her rent control department, as she's looking for someone to move in with her, we get the applicants coming in and we have the one that comes in and, and wants to do the construction project and wants to tear down walls and, and things like that. Wait, was that the mannish one? Yes. Right. Because women don't do construction. Right. Of course. Right. This is sarcasm, kids. This no, is I, pe- yeah, mis- I, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I have a hard time letting go of things sometimes. That's all right. Yeah, so we start to have these different different applicants come through. And when you watch the different applicants, you, know, you have that one. You have the exotic one that doesn't say a word but is wearing a slinky dress. Then you have the one that's maybe a little bit too talkative and sharing all of her health and mental health issues out loud. And then you have the one that's just very nice and polite and sweet. And there you go. So, of course, out of all those different options, you choose the psychotic one. Right. Well... It wouldn't be much of a movie if you didn't. No, true, but, I mean, like, if, if we're watching this to learn from it, if you have one that seems, like, really nice and really kind, just go with that one. Indeed. Go with that one. In real life, I mean, you know, it's different because it's a movie, but in real life. So then she kind of walks in. She's having a bit of a, little bit of a breakdown, and, and uh, Hetty walks in, or Hedra, or she is continually called Hetty throughout this whole thing, like Hetty Lamar. That's Headley. Not Hetty, it's Headley. Head, there you go. She walks in and kind of finds her crying on the floor and, you know, immediately jumps into action wanting to fix her some tea and, you know, help take care of her and, and all this other stuff. So that kind of, that and an exploding kitchen sink faucet kind of sealed the deal and they end up becoming roommates and kind of very quickly are becoming besties. Mm-hmm. And then pretty much, I mean, to sum up the rest of the middle of the movie is you start to see Hetty get a little more and more clingy as things go on. Um, you know, she starts doing other things for her. She starts you know, commenting on, you know, and wanting to borrow her clothes. And, mm-hmm. you know, she goes to get her a puppy. And, all the, okay, so I'm just going to point out real quick and... Spoiler alert for the, Reddit, the the later part of the movie. Pat, you know how you really have a hard time with movies where children are put in danger? Yeah, I think I know where you're going with this one. Yeah, I think you know where I'm going with this one. That was not, like, I really didn't like this. When she kicked the dog, I had a hard time with that yeah. scene. Like, I immediately just, things flared up when that happened. And then later, as the thing went on, I was like, oh, please, please don't fatal attraction me. Please don't fatal attraction right. me. And then all of a sudden, there's a dead puppy on the sidewalk. Yeah. And I was like. That was rough. Mm, bunny cooking son of a. Yeah. Yeah. So had a bit of a hard time with that. I mean, I'd rather see a bunny get cooked in a pot than dog on the dead on the sidewalk. They got thrown out the window. But that's that's a moment at which the movie kind of lost me, I think. Like, I was with mm-hmm. it up until about that point. I was like, man, I can't wait to see how, like, she gets more and more stalkery and you know that there's just the psychological piece of this and that and then when they killed the dog yeah and i was like huh yeah let me pull the cord because this might be the stop where i need to get off yeah that was so had a bit of a hard time with that things progress even more and we have the scene we, we know that Allie is trying to get this business going she's created this piece of software that's supposed to help them make changes to clothing lines without having to actually create the pieces and and make the changes physically and so that's she's trying to get this business going and Mitchell played by Stephen Topolowski is uh, you know he's kind of negotiating with her and she ends up having to negotiate a deal she's not super happy with I would imagine if you're a freelancer in any way, you've probably had to deal with somebody telling you, well, word of mouth is just as good as cash. And I'm probably pretty certain it's not, but, you know, I'm I'm sure that's... Very rarely does it (laughs) seem to be. Right, right. I mean, take, for example, podcasts. You know, we have, we have, we have our wonderful supporters that support us on Patreon. And so we are able to, you know, and we appreciate you all. We absolutely appreciate you all. And we are able to use something like that to be able to put back into the production of the show and the hosting of the show and, and all those pieces that cost something. But uh, yeah, word of mouth, not so much in, in other things that I've ever tried to do as well. Word of mouth, I don't think goes quite as far as you think it does. 
I don't think that word means what you think it means. So. And her boss gets a little touchy-feely a little bit later yeah, in the movie. Yeah, he gets a little handsy. I mean, Ned, Ned Ryerson, no. No, 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 Ned. That's hands off, Ned. She gives him a good swift kick. Yeah, she does. Good for her. Yeah, right to the gonads. I was, I was happy about that because he deserved it. He was slimy. Yeah, he wanted, uh, never mind, can't make that joke. Family podcast. <laughs> Family podcast. <laughs> what What did he want, Bo? <laughs> well, there was a word of mouth comment. I was oh, going to uh-huh. try to work in there. and you I, know. Feel like that, I feel like that's later in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh-huh. I think foreshadowing, perhaps, mm-hmm. was, was, was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, just, he had a hard time getting behind the deal. But, you know. Indeed. Indeed. So, so yes. So we have, and at different times, Hetty kind of is inserting herself as Allie's best friend and even calls up, I, that part was fun, where she calls up the boss pretending to be Allison. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, look, if you ever mess with me or if you, like, blacklist me to the rest of the industry, I will not only come after you, I will come after your family. And I'm like, all right, that's that part's kind of cool. And then, and then, speaking of foreshadowing, remind me never to make you mad at me. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh. I wonder what's going to happen next. Mm. Yeah. Don't make Hetty angry. You wouldn't like her when she's angry. Right. I, I, I just want to say when, if I got my timing right, this was after the boss kind of, uh, well, assaulted her, right? Yeah. Yes. That was a disturbing scene, and yes. I think there's no way to say it was well done without sounding like a complete creepo, but I, so I'll say mission accomplished, like, watching that scene made me like, ugh, like, yuck, 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 mm-hmm. I mean, just, I mean, you know, it was kind of like, after the whole Me Too movement and all these scandals coming out with these just monsters that have abused people and all this kind of stuff and and you see it portrayed on screen i i thought that was an effective scene well if this movie proved nothing else it was that men are scum yes because pretty much every single man (laughs) in this movie was an absolutely terrible person yes we here at the 30 something movie podcast do not condone any of those types of behavior manos rodriguez don't approve drugs yeah. And try our very hardest not to be those type of people. We have a we have a fun literary element that shows up earlier in the movie. We have a Chekhov's screwdriver, which yeah. we get shown. <laughs> you know, if you see a screwdriver in Act 1, uh, it must get used by the end of Act 3. So we get introduced For to... For one the, of many possible activities. What? Yes, that's true. And so we see that this this screwdriver shows up and they have to use this to, you know, pry open the elevator that they have. And, you know, it, it kind of feels like you've got a little bit of a checklist of here are all the things that are going to show up in the final scenes of the movie and, and involve the characters fighting to the death. And so we kind of like checklist go through everything. The elevator doesn't quite work the way you'd expect. This door does not open properly the way you would expect it to. This cage is down here in the, I mean, you're kind of laying everything out for us, which is fine, but. The laundry room is dark and scary. Yeah. This, this light, this, uh, this high caliber uh, belt fed machine gun is just using, being used to prop the door open. Oh, wait, right. sorry, that's wrong movie. <laughs> right, close <laughs> enough, though. You're right. This bat, this battle axe prop from Lord of the Rings is being. Mm-hmm. I, so the movie progresses on. We They do end up, you know, Allison and her fiancé end up kind of making up and, and, you know, getting back together again. Hetty is not super thrilled about that, and that's where things start to progress even or, or you know, devolve even further into madness and, and stalkeriness. That's not a word, but I just made one up. It is now. It is now. And that's, the like, the creepy scene... Well, the creepy scene when she she's like, no, we're going to go get our, our hair done and blah, blah. And she comes down looking exactly like Allison. Yeah. Yeah, that's some creepy stuff. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Big red flag. I mean, granted, nobody's going to the barbershop pointing at me and being like, I want that dude. Make me look like him. Draw me like one of your Texas boys. 
<laughs> I think we just found. I think oh, we just found dear. the name of the episode. I think we just found the name of the episode. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it was really. And, and I will say that the movie did a nice job of progressing. Like I, I mean, I think you were right on when you said that. You know, Basic Instinct kind of fell short of good moviness. This one kind of, you know, sucked you in. I mean, you were kind of like, oh, you know, if you're into that kind of thriller kind of stuff, I mean, it was, I think it was entertaining, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. I think I think yeah. you said that literally, I think you literally said that 10 minutes ago, but I mean, yeah, I, I just reiterate what you said. It was, you know, it was effective what they were showing you. And what I thought the movie did well was the the kind of slow burn into the mind of the stalker, you know, that piece of it, I think was done well. Some of the, some of the acting, some of the other, I mean, any of the fight scenes where, you know, she goes and, and murders or tries to murder somebody, that stuff, not so great, but, you know, in terms of the kind of watching, watching the slow descent into madness, I guess, for lack of a better term, um, that I thought was done really well in this movie. So that piece, I, I did like that about this movie. Yes. It was, I mean, some of it, you, some of the, the violence, I didn't mind the violence. I just thought the camera work and some of the ways it was executed was very cheesy. Yeah. The, especially the scene with, Oh, I don't want to get it wrong. Hedra and Is it Graham? Graham. Yeah. It was, <laughs> did she even hit him? I'm not sure she actually hit him. I'm not sure. I. It looks like if I had been doing a film project in high school, it looks like the way I would have filmed it. Right. In high, in high school? Yeah. So. It was not very believable that they actually, like, yeah. you know, beat on each other. Or you can't, if you're being attacked by someone and you're going to end up getting stabbed in the eyeball with their stiletto heel, you, you can't throw up an arm and defend yourself? Right. I mean, granted, he was probably very tired from previous aggressive cuddling, but, you know. Sure. Yeah. Which, I mean, that was one of the very awkward scenes in the movie where you know that she's trying to set up, because she looks exactly like Allison at this point, like they look exactly the same, particularly in the dark, which you, yeah. you kind of know yeah. that's going to foreshadow something. And the moment she says something like, well, you know he's he's just going to cheat on you again. It's going to happen. It's a fact. And then when she like ups and leaves, I was like, "Oh, I kind of know what's gonna happen here." Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah that that scene was that scene was definitely cringeworthy. Yeah. Again, I'll say that scene was effective in accomplishing what it wanted to accomplish. So right. So so Hetty stays true to her name, and uh, goes over to the fiance's apartment and oh, decides. Man. To... <laughs> I I apologize for that. Kind of. It's not. Hedy, it's Hedley. It goes over to the fiance's apartment and decides to effectively blackmail him into leaving and not coming back again. It does not work out well. He gets stabbed in the eye with a stiletto heel and he is down for the count and very much dead. Both of those things. <laughs> Both of those things. Down for the count and very much dead. And then you kind of get, and see that's part of it too, is... Here's where I just wasn't sure, and I didn't feel like the movie gave me enough to really know what direction it had intended to go. Because then as she's leaving, I don't feel like she went to his apartment intending to kill him. No, I think she just went there to have him cheat so that she could be right and keep Allison to herself. Right. So in which case... The whole thing where where everything starts to unravel in the end, the whole thing where she's leaving the building and the doorman sees her walk out but thinks it's Allison and all that other stuff, that's the point at which I'm sitting there and watching the movie going, so wait a minute. If she planned this whole thing, like I'm going to make myself look like her so then I can implicate her in the murder of her fiancé and blah, 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 blah. Like that's a different thriller movie with a villain and an antagonist who is very calculating and, and very smart about what she's doing. But then if it's all kind of an accident and it's just coincidental, then that's weird too. 
it was interesting up to a point the way she was like trying to take over her identity and become like her and dress like her and look like her and all that. And then as it got towards the end, I was like, well, what was the point of, was she, did she plan all this out or is this just all a bunch of dumb luck? Yeah. You know, there was a lot of really good stuff going on, yeah. but, but when you're not sure, well, just like you just said, when you're not sure what direction it's going. Uh, so we do, we do end up the whole thing. She does kind of take her hostage for a little bit and uh, has her taped up and tied up. And then there's some more, you know, uh, fight scenes. We thought Graham was dead, but magically he's, he's not dead yet. He's, he's actually mm-hmm. feeling much better. He might go for a walk a little bit later, but uh, no, he's not quite dead. So he does pop back up and, and manages to help save her enough so she can get loose. And um, I don't know. I meant to, I meant to kind of go back and check, but then I realized I, I didn't know that I cared enough to. Did she only have two bullets in this gun? Yeah. One or one, like there were only a few. Yeah. There were only a few. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I feel like she took two shots and that was pretty much it. Where did she get, she had the gun, right? She had the gun. Yeah. It was like, I wonder if you say it was like packed up. No, she was hiding it in like a shoe or a boot or something. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't do it. Pat, it's twins. I don't know why twins do the things they do. I don't know either. They're just it, twins are twins are evil. They are the devil's handiwork, and mm-hmm. I'm not gonna take that any further because <laughs> just although I'm going way I'm going way deep dive too far into this, but yeah. I mean they were supposed to be in New York, right? Yeah. Okay, so I mean it's it's I I, I want to say the gun laws were more restrictive at that time. I mean mm-hmm. you know the assault weapons ban was in there. I'm not sure about handguns. I'm almost positive you weren't allowed to carry them in the city. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the whole conceal and carry thing was, I, I, I'm pretty sure wasn't happening back then. So, I mean, you know, that could be conceivable that, you know, she didn't have a lot of ammunition. Now, obviously, yeah. if she was, you know, illegally, you know, going somewhere and buying it, you know, you could... I suppose drive out in the country somewhere and buy ammunition and all that kind of thing, but even that back then they were probably gonna. Well, that I don't know. I don't know. Do they track? I, I mean, even today, I don't think they track ammunition sales. I don't think so. so. I mean, I know in Illinois you need the card. So I, I don't know. I'm taking yeah. a way deep dive into why the gun only had two rounds in it, that's but right. like they were twin bullets. There, see. Oh, that's there it. you there go. go. They were twin bullets. That's what it was. It's only mm-hmm. need two. It's like a two-faced thing with her. Right. She right. just needed to be flipping a coin the whole time she's making all these decisions. It would have added an element. Hi, Harvey. Where's Rachel? Uh, Where's Rachel? <laughs> Wrong movie. Better Martha. movie. Yeah. <laughs> Better movie, but that would have that would have been an interesting matchup. Why does you know, Batman if... growl women's names? Yeah. I don't know. That's a very different version of Basic Instinct, too. Well, so by the end of this all, Hetty, Hetty's dead. Hetty's dead. Yeah. Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. <laughs> it's dead. <laughs> so, she's dead. And uh, what do we feel like we've learned anything by the end of the movie? Uh, not really. No? Because, I mean, there wasn't even any time where they spent suspecting Bridget Fonda's character of... Yeah, no. Of murder... Nope. Because it was just like, nope, she defeated Hetty and she's free and clear to go then. Yeah. I think what we've learned today is you can't trust twins. Uh, yes. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm talking real-life twins. Not in this movie. Like, actual mm-hmm. real-life twins. You can't trust them. <laughs> there's, there's something shifty about them. That's right. The 30-something movie podcast does not actually condone the preceding thoughts on twins. We love twins. That's all I'm going to mm-hmm. say about that. Yeah, I, I don't, by the time the movie ended, I was like, huh, okay. So the fiance's dead. We didn't really spend, like you said, we didn't spend any time. There was like this big old concern that she was going to get framed for the murder. And, but no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I will say for the amount of things that got left unanswered or the amount of things that got confusing at the end, when I was watching this yeah. movie, and, and, I, and I wasn't checking the time as I was watching this movie, but I did happen to check the time at one point when, and I forget what it was that had happened, when you started to find out a little bit more. I mean, it, it seemed like things were ramping up 
towards the the climactic moment of the movie. Right. And I looked, and I was like, I'm only a third of the way through this movie. Like, this seems to be mm-hmm. happening pretty early on for that to be the case. And then it seemed like it took too long for her to figure out that Hetty was very much a stalker. Right. I mean, in, in raising my children, I have tried to teach them, okay, here are, whether it's friends, whether it's boyfriend or girlfriend someday, whether it's roommates, whatever, here are some things we like to call red flags. And I'll explain to the children, like, okay, if somebody were to do this, red flag. You know, if we're watching a movie or a TV show and there's an abusive relationship being shown in this movie or TV show, we'll be like, okay, children, let's just, I'm going to point something out here. If you are ever with someone and they say something like that, ding, 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 mm-hmm. ding, red flag. Yes. That's bad. Yes. You, you turn and you run away from that screaming. Yes. So we try to do that. I feel like so nobody ever did that with Allison. She got a lot of red flags. I mean, red flags all in her face, flames on the side of her face, red flames, and she's just not noticing them. I think that's all. I think that's all I got. Yeah, we gave we gave the viewing audience kind of a rundown of the plot, and I don't want to just hugely poo poo a movie. I, I, you know, there's a lot of people who worked hard on it, and it was, you know, we got the kids. You know the 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 kids home movie that explain, yeah, you know, kind of exp- well, it doesn't explain. Really. It just shows you that there's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say I'm saying it, but I'm like, no, it shows you that there is a backstory. It shows you that there's twins and they're creepy, Pat. Twins are creepy, and I'm not talking about this movie. I'm talking about real twins. Have you ever looked at real twins? They don't have souls, Pat. Oh, man. They don't. Lessons learned while watching movies. Have you ever looked in their eyes? <sighs> They're blank. They're totally blank. Got a doll's eyes. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely kidding. Um, I'm absolutely kidding. I know. I know, man. I can feel like I'm just, people are I'm, I'm worried that some listener is going to be like, wow, they really hate twins. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm not oh I'm, my god. I'm not telling my twin brother about this podcast. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all that's in the movie. I yeah. mean really. That's kind of it. There's no more explanation. Mm-hmm. There's some you know, some some scuffling, some wrestling, some traveling down to the burn barrel room. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I mean this is a little bit of a tangent. I wonder if we are the podcast that has covered the most movies about twins. That might have. We've. Now, I don't see why not. Now we've. Let's see. We've done single white female. Twins. We've done twins. Oddly female. enough, your favorite, Dead Ringers. Dead Ringers. Yeah. yeah There's got to be some boy. other ones. There's got to be some other ones that we've done that cover twins, but I don't know. Well, on that note, let's go triplets. You want to do three questions? I think it's three questions. I think it's time. Two. Three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. Impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Question one, why do twins drink the blood of their enemies? I'm just kidding. It's, it's dull, you twit, it'll hurt more. No, wrong yeah, movie. Yeah. Why a spoon, cousin? Why a spoon? Ah, it's dull, you twit, it'll hurt it's, more. It'll hurt more. Question number one, best or worst roommate? Hmm. My brother. There you go. Does, okay, which category or both? Probably both. Okay. <laughs> Depending on the week, day, hour, okay. let's be honest. All right. Yeah, we definitely had our moments Okay. growing up. I can imagine. I know my siblings roomed with each other for a bit when they lived in Austin, and I know that there were some good times, and then there were some very many not good times. Mm-hmm. That's, so. that's pretty much the best way to sum it up, yeah. Okay, I could see that. See that. All right. What about you, Patrick? Well, I'm trying to think here. I think I've had real good luck with roommates. I mean, when I moved into college, my first roommate was never there. He was there one weekend. That's nice. And he brought his girlfriend 
in the town, but his girlfriend was in another college. So basically, he he was in the room for the entire semester one night. And every other time, he's like, hey, if my folks call, just tell them. Because he was a, I think he was a kinesiology major, but he was golf, like was his sport. So he was just like, tell him I'm out golfing. It'd be like nine o'clock on a Saturday, ring, ring, ring. Okay, I'm not telling your folks you're out golfing. <laughs> like it just, and so he was gone every weekend. Then my second roommate, second semester, that I moved in with was a few years older than me. And he'd been kind of like around the world. He was a real, real well-traveled guy. And he was just like, just the kindest, the coolest dude. And uh, I remember I'd come home and he'd be like, or come back to the dorm. He'd be like, dude, where have you been? Have you eaten at all? And I was like, no, man. He's like, all right, well, look, I'm going to make you some ramen, you know, and he'd make me food. And, and it wasn't like super creepy. He's like, here you go. And just, <laughs> and uh, as I'm saying this, it was just like that kind of stuff. But he just, then he'd leave. Because here's the, here's the part. He had like three or four or five or 10 girls that were like really good friends with. And it was always a different groove. <laughs> and so he'd be like, yeah, we're heading out. Feel free to catch up to us if you want. I'm not, enjoy, you know, he was so chill. Like he'd just make food. He's like, yeah, I'm heading out with my friends. And it was like, sometimes I go hang out. It was just different groups of girls that he'd be with. And, and uh, yeah, so he was a really cool guy. So in my first year, I'll, I'll just keep the, you know, with that, it was, I kind of like, you know, like the non-existent roommate and then just a really cool dude. And then all my other roommates were like friends that I'd met at music school. So, you know, there were adventures, songs were written and sung of the adventures that happened with later roommates, but that's, that's for another podcast. One of my, one of my buddies that he was sitting there, he's like, yeah, my roommates, he's like following me and stuff. I'm like, really? Yeah. Check it out. He's always going to stop by and ask where I am and where I've been and all that. And we're just hanging out in the dorm room. And sure enough, knock, knock, knock. Yeah. Is my roommate in there? Uh, yeah, he is, you know, and all that. And door opens. Hey, man, where you been? Well, I was over practicing and I'm hanging out with my friends. Okay. When are you going to be back in the room? Oh, I don't know. How about like six or seven? Maybe. Okay. Well, I hope to see you. And then he'd leave. And then it'd be like the next day. Knock, 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 knock. You see my roommate? No, no, I think he's over in class. He didn't check out with me. Okay, and left. And so there was a semester where this guy was like, that was like this movie. He was like check checking out up. with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see. Yeah. No. I see. And then he looked at us and it was kind of like, see what I mean? I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. I, I'm seeing it now. <laughs> I'm seeing it now, dude. That's a little, you know. To quote Leon Phelps, yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah, disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and I think he was, he ended up being, you know, he's a nice dude, okay. you know, he's yeah. a nice guy, but I think, you know, nothing kind of escalated, but there were just some flags, but then that guy's brother, his younger brother, were they twins? who was bigger than him. No, they were not <gasps> twins. They were a couple of years apart yeah. and they, they were really good friends. And the one guy, he was tall and like, everyone's taller than me, especially I went to school up in Wisconsin yeah. where there's like, you know, like people of Nordic descent that are like 12 feet tall and everything. Oh, yeah. But his, his little brother was I want to say like six and a half feet tall or so big dude built like a wrestler. And uh, yeah, and I guess he had to do like a suite, you know, it wasn't two people mm -hmm. in the dorm. There yeah. was like a group of people and uh, he used to wear the Superman shirt ever so often because S was the first letter of his last name. So he would wear that shirt. And when he was w in wearing that shirt, he would take care of business. Like if roommates were stepping out of line, he'd set them straight. And I guess there was, he was in a suite and like, I guess one guy was always coming back drunk and messing things up and picking fights. And so I guess he put that, put on the Superman shirt and waited. The guy came back and I guess he picked him up by his throat and held him against the door. And he's like, now look at, if we're going to share a room, here are the ground rules. This is what you're doing. This is what you're not doing. This So, so that was kind of exciting that night when he had to set his roommate straight. And I, I thought like, I thought we were going to see like a brawl. But the guy was scared of him because, like I said, he's six and a half feet tall. He's really strong. And and uh, he was holding him against the door by his throat. So, you know, you kind of acquiesce in those situations. And see, Pat, that reminds me a lot of myself because I used to wear a Superman shirt all the time. And <laughs> Yeah, there you go. And, and you know what? At, at five foot seven, I would also take care of business. That's right, man. Now, when I say take care of business, I mean visit the old country buffet in town. <laughs> and take care of business but you know i i don't know that i ever tried to hold somebody up against the wall just by their throat you could have done it you could have done it. i believe in uh, at five foot seven i don't really think they're dangling off the ground you know 
You just step up on the chairs. That's fine. Right? Just step up on chairs. That's fine. It's all right. I don't have like a Napoleon complex or anything. No. 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 All right. I've I've regaled the podcast with enough roommate stories. Oh, that's fine. Like uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go best roommate. And I'm not even trying to win points here because we know, A, she doesn't listen to the podcast, and B, she's asleep by now. Best roommate is my wife. I'll throw that down there. There it is. And uh, worst, pretty much every other roommate I ever had. Oh, no. (laughs) Roommates and I did not mix well in college. I only ever had roommates in college. Uh Did not mix well. I think I may have told some of the stories here on the podcast about them before. Let me quickly run down. I'll see if I can do each roommate in in their successive order. First roommate I had, he was pledging a fraternity. He was pretty much a raging drunk the entire time. My favorite story related to him was that he came back one night and was just completely drunk, did not, and he had the top bunk in our dorm room. He did not want to climb all the way up to the top bunk. And so he tried to pull me out of my bottom bunk so that he could take that. So he's like trying to drag oh. me out of bed and I'm kicking him off, like trying to tell him to go away. And so then he, <laughs> so then somehow, I don't know if he like falls asleep at his, at, at his desk in the little room that we had. And then he kind of, he kind of wakes up at some point later in the night and I hear him and somehow he had gotten into the room, closed the door, fallen asleep at his desk, woke up later, tried to get out because he had to go to the bathroom, couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. So then he just peed all over the floor. Oh no. I oh, do remember no. this story and, now and, that you and he's oh. and he's peeing all over the floor and I'm kind of half awake and I'm like oh that's not what it sounds like is it and so he he finishes doing oh, his business oh but it is <laughs> <laughs> oh but it is oh. and so and so he did man after he was done somehow magically then he could you know he got the door open and was able to stumble out at which time I thought that that was a wonderful golden opportunity to then lock the door behind him and I proceeded to pull all of the comforters and blankets off of his top bunk and use them to clean everything up right. and then put them back on the top bunk and then I locked the door oh, and uh, yeah. he could not get in for the rest of the night because I think he ended up stumbling into the neighbor across the hall and falling asleep in the middle of their floor Yeah, and then he came back the next morning <laughs> after he had sobered up a bit and he was like Oh man, what what happened? I got locked out last night. And I said, "Well, actually, I I don't know how. I don't know what happened, but I mean, I was kind of like half awake and and by the time I woke up, I realized what had happened is you were trying to get out of the room and and you had peed all over the floor and then you grabbed all your blankets to try to clean it up and then you stumbled out of the door out of the room and and I don't know, somehow you locked yourself out again." He's like, "But I don't have my keys with me." Man, I don't know. It's one of the mysteries of the universe. But he's like, oh, yeah, that's crazy, man. That was roommate number one. Roommate number yeah. two, his his personal bodily self smelled like bleach. He was an extremely heavy snorer. And he also okay, good, had good. his own little, like, mini, mini uh, microwave. And he loved to cook tuna fish in our dorm room. Oh, wonderful. So it was the dorm room of much snoring. And the combination bleach and tuna fish smells. Uh-huh. Sounds lovely. Yeah. And uh. and I'm not going to say that this combination can't go together, but I have since conferred with a few of my African American friends on this. He was African American, and he loved, absolutely loved the Dukes of Hazard. Hmm. I have conferred with Af- African American friends since then, and they have said, "Yeah, that might be a little strange." So, yeah, I, it was it was a lot of uh, Dukes of Hazard and Pokemon marathons with that roommate. So, hmm. I well, yeah. So then there was that one, and uh-huh. and then the last one I think. Oh no no no, that wasn't even the last one. The last one that I had in the dorms, and then we actually ended up living in an apartment together because I didn't learn my lesson. Was the one right. that loved the Smashing Pumpkins, and he played bullet with butterfly wings over and over. And when I say over and over again, I mean the same song on repeat for days at a time. Sure. sure. All day, every day, blaring from his room all the time. Sure. Yeah, great, because that's the song. That's, right. Yes, absolutely. That's Everyone should listen to that repeatedly all the time. 
but the one that that kind of maybe shocked me the most was I had a roommate at one point in time who was several years older. He had just moved in. He was going to be a TA in some classes, right. so he was quite a bit older than the rest of us. And he, I want to say, he was like twenty one or twenty two, and he was living in the dorms with a bunch of freshmen and sophomores. And so he used to get up a little bit earlier than I did in the morning, so he could get ready to go, you know, teach the class that he was teaching, and. I had learned after the fact later on that he had he and his high school girlfriend had had a child in high school. And so mm. he had a child that was about six, maybe seven years old. And that particular morning, he had gotten up and he had kind of walked into the, the bathroom across the hall to go take a shower and start to get ready. And I wasn't quite mm-hmm. awake yet, but the phone rings. And I pick up the phone and a little six or seven year old uh, child's voice on the other end goes, Happy birthday, Daddy. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. and, and and me not being quite awake yet i mean that'll <laughs> that yeah uh, thanks to quote uh happy birthday to you yeah, to, to quote the uh, the one scottish character in braveheart that'll wake you up in the morning boy <laughs> <laughs> so my my immediate response was no let me go find your dad <laughs> And so I remember That's like awesome. going into where the showers were. I was like, hold on just a second. There may be something that we haven't learned about each other yet. Do you have a child? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. My kid's like six or seven. I'm like, okay, cool. Your kid's on the phone. Kid's on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So those were the extent of my roommates. There it is. There it is. Question number two. What hairstyle that you had was your favorite, or is there one that you wish you could pull off? So, I, yeah, there is one I wish I could pull off, but I don't know how much it's a hairstyle and just a, or just a state of being. But I've always wanted oh. to be able to, like, have that just rolled out of bed look and have it look good. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know, not something I could ever do, but I'm saying that's what I'd like to do. Nice. Yeah. I always wish I had like headbanger hair. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. but my, my hair grows up and out and fro and all that kind of stuff, you know? So the headbanger thing, I just don't think is going to happen, but I like having no hair. Mm-hmm. I just shave it all off. So I'm down. Like, I like that. Certainly like, I'm easier. all good with that. Mm-hmm. It's easier, more aerodynamic. You don't have to worry about shampoo. You, don't, you just, you know? It's all good. Yeah. It was funny. I was listening to, it might've even been greatest generation. I was listening to something the other day and they were, they were talking about, they were kind of joking about how in the nineties, you know what? I think it was greatest generation. Cause I think they were talking about one of the episodes. Oh yeah. They do hair all the time. Well, they were talking about one of the episodes in Voyager where they actually travel back in time to the nineties and they made a comment about, you know, if you were growing up in the 90s, either like middle school or high school, at some point in time, if you were a guy, you probably had the Caesar cut. Okay. And I was like, hold on. Yes, I think I have a photo of Homecoming 1997 where I do indeed have the Caesar cut. Hail Caesar! <laughs> That's a two brute that might have been outstanding that might have been one of the last times i was happy with how my hair looked otherwise it's just been walk into the place i'll take a number one please just all the way around just get it off get it away just just trim it a little but you know take it all off the one that i feel like the, the one I feel like I, I would, you know, the hairstyle that I think that looks easy and that looks manageable is like the 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 Chris Hemsworth kind of haircut. Uh, However, the, the downside to that is, and, and Bo, I think you were kind of alluding to this too, I would need the rest of Chris Hemsworth for that to look good. Exactly. Like yeah. that's the problem with it, that cut for I'm, sure. I'm sure I can have that hair, but it's not going to quite, have the same effect nah. Mm-hmm. so it's got to come attached to a head and a body that yes yeah yes i i need the full hemsworth yeah yeah all right which oddly Bless. enough i think is an alcoholic drink but i'm not going to try to order it because we know how that works out with me and Bo trying to order drinks people have never heard of yeah mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. All right, and question number three, what's the first thing you ever bought online? Like, they, they feature a moment in here where she's about to do some online shopping with her Apple IIe computer. What's the first thing you ever remember buying online? I gotta figure it was a book. Like, when Amazon yeah. was the... When it was amazing. You could order a book, and it would show up at your door a week mm-hmm. late, you know? It was... We were right on the cusp of that. That was the college textbooks. Yeah. It was either Abe books or it was Amazon or something like that. Yeah. I started with Borders books. Yeah. You know, I'd go to Borders all the time and spend, like, ridiculous amounts of money buying music and books. And then I started ordering Borders.com. Oh, cool. And then it was Borders Amazon. And I was like, what's this Amazon? Do-? Yeah. And then it, you know. What's this Amazon thou speakest of? Right, right. So I and I agree. I think it was a book. Yeah, it was probably a could have been shoes. Car, you remember that was the other thing. Books. It was like books and shoes. It took but me I a long. See, I, never, I still got to figure it was a book though. It took me a long time yeah. to order clothes off the internet. Yeah, I sound like an old man saying yeah. it that way. <laughs> well, Sonny, there was a time when you couldn't order books on the internet. <laughs> Wait, wait, yeah. what's a book? <laughs> I th- I th- just the fact that I called it the internet. It's like, well, kids, you know, our, we used to order books off the internet there. And and then it, it done took me a while because then they had this thing. You could buy your clothes on the internet. And uh, it was it was weird. I mean, I broke several Actually, laptops trying to try stuff on, but. See, I, I just, it- uh, I find the. The fact that you called it the internet is one step better than the computer. Well, that's true. I, I, I just, see, I got a shirt that works, okay? I know the style, I know the fit, I know, and it's pretty, you mm-hmm. know, so I'll just, I ordered like 15 of those. Yeah. And then as they wear out, okay, I'll replace them, you know, three or four or five. So I'm yeah. good. And then, like, they discontinued the kind of pants, so now they make it easy to buy, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Just whatever, and with the returns and stuff. Back in the day, it was a little harder. Shoes, it's taken me a longer time. But again, now that I know, like, okay, I just buy these shoes. Yeah. So give me 12 pairs and they're just in the closet, you know, waiting for me to go through whatever. But you see, that was, speaking of Dukes of Hazard earlier, see, that was Dukes of Hazard. Mm-hmm. Remember when uh, Bo got mail-order boots? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a whole episode, Bo gets mail-order boots, yeah. and then he's like, he's shooting the bow and arrow wrong, he can't drive right. Yeah. It just messes him up it's, for the episode. That, that kind of happens... No, it, it happens to me. Yeah. So you got to be careful with the mail order. The only other thing I could think of, and I know I would have ordered books first. Actually, I I know that it would have been probably some books for college. If I couldn't find a copy in the in the college bookstore, I think Amazon. That might have been the first time I ordered something from Amazon was to get a textbook for a class. I know that the first non-book that I ever ordered online was probably uh, a DVD. I think I ordered Blade on DVD as one of the first ever things that was not a book. And then the other thing I bought online as one of the first deals was because I think I misunderstood the stupidity of foolishly bidding on things on eBay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, mm. I think I paid way too much for a poster of Faith Hill. I was picturing when you said poster, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be Boba Fett or, no. or you know, no Faith Hill." Yeah. Wow, that's <laughs> something right there. Yeah. Well, John, it happens to the best. Of I us. mean, it was late '90s Faith Hill, so. Yeah. Oh, I mean, just yes, just yeah. you know. Well, gents, is that all we're going to say about single white female? I think it is. Yeah. I yeah. I think we've said every single thing we can think of. So. Yeah. That's going to do it for that one. All right, folks. Yeah. You can find us at 30podcast.com. That's where the rest of our episodes reside. Go find us there. We are on the social medias at 30podcast for most of those. Our next episode's coming up. We've got in this finishing out the month of February, we've got Sister Act and Jennifer 8. In March, we've got our Patreon episode is Death Trap from 1982 with Michael Caine and Christopher Reeve. Then we've got Far and Away. We've got our 400th episode coming out where we redo the first episode we ever did. We do Gremlins, Ghostbusters, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Then we've got The Last of the Mohicans, Scent of a Woman, The Bodyguard, 
And then in April, our Patreon episode is High Noon from 1952. And then we've got Patriot Games, Under Siege, A Few Good Men, and Universal Soldier. So we've got plenty, plenty of good stuff headed your way. So come on back, because more than enough stuff for you to listen to. And with four yeah, man. and with four hundred episodes, feel free to go back and listen to the back catalog of stuff too, because we got plenty of things there as well. Yeah, a, got all sorts of movies. a lot of movies about twins. Oh, those those shifty shifty twins. We're gonna get an email, John. I'm we just might get. I know that's get an email. that's fine. Is there like a National Twins Association that's probably gonna email me and? And, we're gonna get in and not understand sarcasm? I don't know, man. Okay. It's going to be a bunch of people that, you know, like Point Break, like Twins, and are going to be upset with us. God, I hate Point Break. <laughs> you know what would have made Point Break worse? What's that? Is if Keanu Reeves had played his own twin in Point Break, and one was the hero and one was the villain. <laughs> that would have made the movie worse, because then it's Point Break and Twins. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'd love to see Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito surfing. Fun. That'd be fun. All right. I have some fan fiction to write. On that note, Bo, it's been lovely seeing you. Good to see you too, guys. It's good spending the evening talking about movies and... Making Here fun of... Talking about movies. Yeah, I was trying to come up with movies? something more <laughs> deep to say there, and it just sort it's of right. trailed off like Tommy Boy. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> there a niner in there? <laughs> Did I hear a niner in there? I I did call <laughs> on the phone with on the, the... <laughs> All right. Well, at some point when our wives get tired of us all doing this and we have to move in with each other, then we can reenact single white female. It'll just be lonely white males. No, let's not. Let's do anything but that. And then we can dress like each other. I and then try to kill each other. With a screwdriver. Well, getting together for the podcast will be easier. That's true. It will be. It will be. All right. On that note, everybody sleep tight. Night-night. <laughs> yeah. I'm locking my yeah, door. Lock, lock your doors tonight. Lock your doors and hope they don't have blasters. All right, everybody. Be excellent to each other. Don't kill each other out there. All right? It's... From your friends here at the 30-something movie podcast, don't kill each other and go watch some good movies. <laughs>